Welcome to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Well, ladies and gentlemen, a big warm welcome to another podcast, The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro. I've got a very special guest in today. He's looking a bit posh, actually. When you look at him, you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> think he's a carp angler. He's been around the industry for a very long time. He's a really, really good mate of mine. It is none other than Steve Spurgeon from Fox. Hello, mate. Welcome, uh, welcome. Hello, Rob. Thanks for the introduction. You are looking very posh. Yeah, well, I don't normally. This isn't my normal casual wear, but I'm actually working. He's a bin man normally. Though. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Yeah, you normally see T-shirt and jeans and, yeah, some scruffy old uh, clothing. <laughs> but, you know, like I say, unfortunately, I'm working today, but I've come in to do this with you. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, look, the first thing that we always speak about is fishing. Where are you fishing now? What are you doing? Uh, right, so at the moment I'm fishing club waters these days. Uh, just because they've got some really... The ones I'm fishing have got some real special fish in them. So no syndicates. Yep. So I, I've got two different club tickets. One's in the heart of Essex and the other one's in Lee Valley, Essex, yep. Hertfordshire, Boulder. Well, there's two lakes on that one and one really on the other one that I'm fishing. So... Yeah, yeah. So that that is my fishing. It's very limited. Um, yeah, work's busy. We work in the business. Surely you'll be fishing all the yeah, time. That's what everyone thinks, and <laughs> that's that's what's so funny. Everyone thinks you're out all the time. I mean, I do try and get out once a week, but I mean, I just had a, had a gap of six, seven weeks yeah. for various reasons. I was away on holiday, van problems, all sorts of reasons, but I didn't get out. But not too bothered June and you July. You caught one though. I saw social media. You caught one yeah, last week. Yeah, you? Was yeah, it last yeah, week or this week? yeah. Caught one last week. I had another one Monday night as well. So yeah. I'm back. I'm back now. I'm back out. He's just, back. Yeah, yeah. I'm fitting in these <laughs> these quick, uh, and they are generally quick overnighters. It's like. So what's a quick overnight to them? Well, how is it quick as opposed to slow? Because I, I normally <laughs> oh, have a slow overnight. Yeah, because yeah, it's a rubbish name, isn't it? A quick overnight. <laughs> let's, a quick say, overnight? let's have a short overnight. So let's, let's turn it to short overnight. So, yeah, it's literally turn up straight from work. So where I'd normally be heading home, I try and fit my fishing in with, obviously, the job I do is I'm spread over East Anglia. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm going up the M11, then it'll be more the Lee Valley. If I'm going up and down the A12, then it'll be more the Chelmsford area. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, and obviously it has to work with where you are the next day because... You know, if I was up in Kings Lynn from Essex, yeah, yeah, it's like it's a fair old trip. I'm going to be getting up at four o'clock yeah. in the morning, packing up and going, so it's not really worth it. So, yeah, generally I'm normally left away from the lake before eight o'clock in the morning, squatty washing the car park, uh, getting too old for it. I mean, people look at me and must think, "What is that idiot doing? Why is he stripped to his boxer shorts in the car park, <laughs> pouring water over his head?" <laughs> You know, um, yeah, and the next thing, like, I'm standing and I'm in a shirt. Like, those are wet wipes are out. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, but yeah, so I'm still, I'm still doing it. It gets hard now when you're standing in a car park doing that and it's like zero degrees. And uh, yeah, the kind of the winter fishing has taken a little bit of a backseat. And I'd rather go out, I don't know, fishing for another, other species, whether it be perch, pike, chub, anything really, you know. It's, it's funny, isn't it? You, you know, you, you go through an angling cycle that, that you want to catch carp, then you want to catch lots of carp, then you want to catch big carp, then you want to compete, then you want to catch even bigger carp. Then actually, I think once you've been through that, you become very comfortable with it. So as a result, it's more about either the place you're going or the people you're with. Yeah, totally. That's what I feel. Yeah, totally agree. Um, like for me, I'm not really... The carp, I'm, when I do get, obviously, when I am carp fishing, I'm not really worried about big carp I want yeah. nice looking I want old ones old carp ones you, that have been about you, for do years do you chew tiger nuts and spit them out in no, the end no, you know, no, have you got a, have no, you got a not, bucket hat no I haven't got a bucket hat do no. you wear a woolly jumper in August no don't wear no. a woolly not at all oh, mate you're letting the side <laughs> yeah, down yeah no, yeah that part of it I've not embraced but yeah the whole 
I don't know, like I say, it's, for me, it's just like nice old looking carp and yeah. yeah, ones that have got a lot of history to them, if they're still about. Obviously, they're all on borrowed time anyway, so yeah, I'd rather do that. But don't get me wrong, you know, all the lakes of fish have all got 40 pounders in. Yeah. Um, oh, just drop that one in then, so you're not just yeah, looking out yeah. for a wrong and double. No, <laughs> no, no, but they, they, yeah, they've all got big fishing. Don't, I mean, they're not no. climbing up your lines and what have you, um, but they're all catchable. Yeah, you don't so, want them climbing up your lines overnight as with quick overnight yeah, between work. Really. Maybe one first thing in the morning just before. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I mean, two bites the other night, that's more than enough. Yeah. Like, you do know, you chuck them out night. afterwards or do you leave them in? No, no, they go back out. Oh, do yeah, they? I'll bait oh, up, I'll do, I'll do well, it. Well, even if you've had two, if you've had like an 11 yeah, and a half, 12. I, can't, I can never get that out of my system. Oh. I have to fish. Do you? Yeah. Oh, it would take a lot God. of fish for me to suddenly go, that's it. You know, <laughs> I, normally it'll be, oh, better pack up. It's, you know, I haven't had a lot of sleep, but I've got to go to work. Yeah, but yeah. it gets harder. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm, yeah. I'm in that hard place at the moment because I think if, if I've had a good day and I've caught a few, particularly if I've caught a few through the evening, I think, well, I'm obviously on them. They want to be there. And if I've got the luxury of time in the morning, then I'll chuck a bit of bait and reel them in and then catch them in the morning yeah, and have yeah. a good night's sleep I, and club them at I, six o'clock. Yeah. But. I think for me, it's because I haven't got that luxury. It's yeah, like, yeah. that's my... You know, that's my session, be it whatever it be, 15 hours or whatever. You know, that's it. That's all I've got. So I've got to make the most of it while I'm there. What's so. the ideal session for you then? Do you do you like a week? Do you like a 48? No, 48 like, yeah. feels like I've done a marathon these days, to be fair. But I think because of the way I fish, you fish harder. Yeah. You just, you, you know, I, I do fish with another guy from time to time. He's got more time on his hands. And um, like if, it, if it's packing up and everything, I, I'm done and... Yeah. It's still got gear everywhere. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm done. I'm going, and uh, yeah, everything you just do a lot, lot quicker, and yeah, because you are, you just got limited. It's part time. of it. Now, one of the things that I want to talk to you about is your history. You've been around a long time. Um, yeah, we'll we'll come back to your very early years in a bit. But one of the, I think the time that you really jumped out at me was when you. It was the early years of the British Carp Angling Championships, and you, I think. It was, would it be Linear St. John's you were fishing with Chris Rose it on was the first the first one? first one I've done, yeah. Cool, how's that for a memory? Yeah. Bearing in mind how many people that did it. <laughs> Even I struggle to remember that. I think, I think I vaguely remember you at Medine as well. Were you at the yes, first that's or the right. second Medine? The first Medine. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I saw you but I didn't know you then because I yeah. was competing as well and I yeah. think you joined the, the BCAC the following year. Yeah. And straight away you hit the ground running, you and your partner at the time, Chris Rose. Yeah. You were, we, well, I called you the dangerous brothers yeah, if yeah, you remember. Right, yeah. you, for, for me, you're probably the best anglers or some of the best anglers never to win the BCAC. You know, I, I always thought that you got it in you, but you just didn't have that last yeah. bit of luck at the end. No, you, it, You've had a third and a second? Yeah, third and a second, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the first one was, yeah, because the first one we ever, we, we did fish, yeah, the, the eliminate was on St. John's. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we kind of felt, we didn't, we didn't really, I think we'd only ever been there once as well. So we didn't really know a great deal about it. Um, we got a reasonable, we didn't come out really early, but we ended up in what we felt was a reasonable yeah. swim. And we were amongst it, that going in that first day, and we made the mistake of panicking about baiting again. Yeah. And try to... We were too concerned about pushing fish off and we shouldn't have been and the opposite effect happened. There wasn't any bait going in and yeah. they moved off and we went from, I think we were sitting in second at one point and then we were in third and come the morning, I think we ended up fifth yeah, yeah. and dropped out of it. Again, that was a lesson learned. And then going in, going in it the following year and it was on Walk from Stow 1 and now yeah, I'm in, I'm in my comfort zone now. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, we were both four. We both knew on there you could come out late and still 
still, you know, welling with a chance. Yeah. And you always get those, you always get those really weird random choices. Someone comes out early and you think, why have they gone in there? Because yeah. the thing with the stove, especially like going back then, uh, the island looks lovely all around, but there's some bits on that island you do not want to be in front yeah. of. Because yeah. they're just shallow, yeah. you know, but ridiculously shallow out for some way. Yeah. Um, and you just, the fish just don't patrol that part of the, you know, part of yeah. the island. So we knew we could come out quite late, like I say, and get good draws. And yeah, the first year, well, we set the Eliminator record remember, that, that yeah. first year. Yeah. And um, yeah, even we were a little bit shocked and come completely off the gas, I think, on the last day. It was, it was quite funny, actually, because the, the reason we went to Walthamstow was that it was rumoured at the time that there were no fish in the number one because they'd all been stolen. And they dropped the price ticket. The people might not remember this, but they dropped the price ticket to a pound a day to try and encourage people oh, to go back. That, I don't know there. if that was on the f- a little bit later. Was got, it? All oh, right, okay. It might have been a couple around years, about then. Yeah, I think it was a couple of years after that because the, the following year, we, yeah, we done it again and that beat our own. Record. I remember you clumped it. A few yeah, times yeah, on there, yeah. And you? then I think it might have been. Yeah, because they put. Did we little, clump it after the closure as well? I can't remember. We qualified loads of yeah. times on it. It was like. I think it was only once we didn't qualify. And to be yes. fair, that was only through Lost Fish. And we'd come out, that was when, if I remember rightly, it was something like 20 pairs on there. It wasn't the old yeah, yeah. 12 pairs, that's your lot. It was no, like it was 20, 20 in the early days, yeah. I remember we had uh, Tim Froman, I think Kempy off to, yeah, off to our right. Yeah. And it was just like, we, we got the bites. Um, but like, unfortunately, like Chris, whatever was happening, he just dropping fish. It was like right That's in the net, hooks. good ones, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like just really unfortunate. You know, even I couldn't go, mate. So it was like, how's that come off? Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, we just lost too many fish, and unfortunately, again, I think we still ended up about full for fifth, but it was just just outside. You know, uh, we only would have needed to land a couple more, and we, we would have qualified. So. Yeah, we just—I just went in there with just so much confidence when we went on there. It was just, you know, and we weren't doing anything special. It, it was really—it was all about singles to the island a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, bags, we were spotting, we? we were spotting, and that first time I was using little bags as well, yeah, yeah. which were uh, little mesh bags. And again, it's amazing. Even if you're just putting that out, if it's you'll get a bite so much quicker. Yeah. But most people won't bother because you know it's going to could take you six casts, maybe more, to get it into where you need it, and. You know, a lot of people aren't prepared to do that. I think that's that's a perfect example, and Broadlands is exactly the same, that when you're fishing to that island, you've got to be tight and precise. And if you're not in there, Farlow's again, another similar place. If you're on the islands, you've got to be in exactly the right spot. Yeah. You can't fall a foot short. Yeah. You? you fall a foot short, you can wait hours for a bite. You get it that foot further in, yeah. and it's a bite within oh, half an hour. 100%. I mean, it, it, it was one of those that you could cast out, Kind of, you might not be, you kind of think, I think I'm about right. That yeah. does look tight enough. Not get a bite. You sit there an hour late and you think, do you know what? I'm going to rechuck that. Yeah. Bring it in. Bang. A couple of inches tighter. Seconds. Yeah, gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be, I mean, <laughs> there was a few used to take, take them in because I'd end up hanging a few spots up, a few rigs. But if you wanted the bites, you had to be prepared to lose a bit of tackle. You know, it was a case of, at the end of the day, the bailiffs come out clear the island anyway, so it's not like you're They used it. to love it when you were on there, because obviously yeah, the, the evening on the Sunday afternoon, yeah, yeah. you get a few quids <laughs> yeah, worth of stuff yeah. out there. Yeah. And, and if they didn't do it, everybody wanted to go, because they knew where you'd been, been. the day before, because it was like a Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> all the decoration. <laughs> all spons, little spons back then. Um, but yeah, it was one of those. It was literally just about being that, yeah. you know, it was one of those you'd cast out, and if you didn't want quite sure if you saw your lead splash, it was in the right spot you were that tight there was hardly any splash you know um, and you were fishing in real you know some of them 
spots like foot wall up. Yeah, yeah. But they were just patrolling so tight to that island. Just goes to show that pushing it that little bit further does make all the difference. It's like darts, isn't it, when yeah. you're playing there? You yeah, know, you've got yeah. to be so precise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely bang on it. But um, look, let, let's let's talk about your history in carp fishing yeah. because some of the younger viewers might not know, or the l- younger listeners as well might not know where you are and where you've been. Yeah. You currently work for Fox. Yeah, currently you've been in Fox. the trade for an awful long time. Yeah, since '98. Yeah, what's yeah. that? Yeah, twenty-five yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of in my twenty-fifth year of being in the trade. Yeah. And and you have a really quite a big claim to fame that you don't claim as well yeah i never really shout about it so much there's a few people know most people would go really most people wouldn't even realize yeah um well i'll talk about it in a second in fact so i'll give it to now yes oh, actually I'll, at I'll, this I'll, point we normally ask for a, a <laughs> present from one of our people he has jumped the gun oh, a little bit sorry um but uh, yeah we normally ask for a present and we've spoken about this and he told me what he was going to bring in which doesn't normally happen but here we are Tell us, hold it up for the camera right, and we, tell us exactly what it is. There's a camera there over there. Show it to that yep. camera there and tell us exactly what this is right. and why it's important to you. It's a PVA mesh system, uh, which most anglers would have in their bag, I'm sure. You know, not just carp anglers, specialist anglers, gets used for all sorts. Um, right, so it must have been, you'd probably have a better idea than me on this. It'll be sometime in the 90s, probably mid to early 90s, would it have been that... It was well. Basically, Rod Hutchinson was, I think, the the, the guy that really started using PVA. Yeah, and he used to use tape. Then he looked at different options for it, and he eventually came up with something called Phantasm Mesh. That's right. And that yep. would have been around about ninety seven, ninety eight. Was it? No, it must have been. It might have been a little bit earlier. Uh, well, it would have, actually. It would have been before that. Yeah, maybe ninety five or something like that. And I think you it. could. You had Rod. Rod done it, and Richworth done it. Yeah, and not a lot of places even really stocked it. But I thought, oh, that looks a good idea. So I've gone out, gone out and bought some, and then reality of using it because unlike the current stuff, and if you haven't been in fishing for the last couple of fishing for twenty years, you wouldn't realise that it was all none of it was anti ladder. Yeah. It was a nightmare to absolute nightmare to work with. So I bought this for oh, this is going to be a right good edge, blah blah blah. Taking it away, the first bag, it's just like I just couldn't open it. No, and it was the it was the basically it was the the stocking mesh on a spool without a tube. Yeah, just that's like what the it refill, was. It was just it? literally on a refill, and it was yeah. like. So you had to kind of pull a bit off, tie a knot in. And this is down to and push a boil into it. Wet round, wet round all the tip of it and everything, and then hope you could open it and it didn't go and just ladder everywhere. Yeah. So anyway, I bought this stuff and I'd I've been trying to use it, and every now and again you might get, but it take you ages. And it was like, what? This is just a knife. So I just just basically come up with the idea if if I put it onto a tube, so wet just the end once, put it onto a tube, not in the other end. Yeah, I can now drop bait down it, tie it off brilliant so i was using that for quite a few years and just yeah you know and doing yeah doing well yeah yeah because it's a super edge. yeah massive yeah i mean probably not so much now but it still is an edge without doubt yeah there's definitely you definitely get quicker bite especially when it's prolific fishing um yeah so i was fishing out over particles so even if you didn't have pellet in your mix you know most of the time we were throwing pellet in obviously but even if you didn't you just cast it over hemp You'd still get, if you put two rods, one with a boiling, for example, one the boiling and a little bag of pellet, yeah. that goes six to one. You know, yeah. it, it was just crazy. And it was a massive edge as well, cast at showing fish. Just a single single pop-up yeah. and a little bag. Caught me so many fish. You know, just see them top out. Oh, just rang one out there. It's Bang. quick though, isn't it? It's so much quicker it's, than a solid bag. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's fast. Um, yeah, and that was obviously, I'd started using that. 
And then I'd gone from that for no other reason that it was a it was a cheaper a cheaper option, which was there used to be a company called Coopers and that is the most yeah, in the yeah, game, PVA yeah. sheeting. Yeah. So I'd seen some other lads using this these little parcels of pellets. So I thought so I've I've thought kind of asked someone about that. They went, oh, yeah, just get sheep from Coopers and a soldering iron. So I thought, I'm all over that. So yeah. there I am with my big, whatever it was, two metres of PVA sheep by whatever, a metre, and uh, with my soldering iron and a metal ruler, and I'm cutting these just these strip bags yeah. and bottle top in the top of that, and chuck some down, solder iron, chuck some down, and making all these little parcels. Yeah. So at the time, when I was, I was fishing layer, which is like, was crazy prolific anyway, and uh, you'd be taking like 100 of these all just made up in a bucket. Um, and I'd kind of gone away from using like the mesh one purely because, like I say, this was just a, another option yeah. that, that you could have them all made up. It was really quick as well. You can make yeah. 100 up in no time. So, and then I'd gone back to using it, and I'd spoke to, obviously I worked for Calder at that time, and I'd spoke spoke to Danny about it, and um, it was actually a hard... This is the mesh? Yeah, this is the mesh. Yeah, yeah not yeah. the Coopers. This is, I said, look... This worked brilliantly for me. I've still, I've still got it. I still use it now. Um, I just think it's a, it's a product really waiting to happen. It's nothing, you know. It's because people go, oh, what can you paint in it? You can't. Yeah. It's just two tubes of caps. Yeah, yeah. You know the the product, the main product's already there. You can't paint in anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I said to Dan about it. I said, look, it's it's a massive edge. It's brilliant. Like, so I hadn't really been there that long, and uh, Chris Rose had backed me up and said. Yeah, and Dan was a bit like, oh, I don't get it. I don't know why you'd want to cast. Why'd you cast it over a load of bait that you've already got out anyway? And I was going, because you just get quicker bites. Yeah. And in the end, he sort of went, right, okay. So we had the contacts because we had the uh, like the, the J-shaped stick, the plastic yeah, yeah. stick. So we had the contact for the tubes and the caps. And we also had the contact for the for the PVA. As I say, back then it was all the laddery one. You know, there was no anti-ladder back then. So he went, okay, so... Older enough to do a couple of hundred, we'll take them to Dunstable. Yeah. So Dan's gone off, sorted out a label for it. Chris has organised getting all the actual products. And then the, I think it was me and Chris stayed behind, measuring out five metres one night after yeah, just yeah. cutting these five metres, making these tubes up. We took a little tank and whatever to Dunstable. And it was like the first day they were just gone. gone. They're just gone. Yeah. Everyone was like, uh, and I remember like Ter- Terry Owen came over and he was like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, can I have one? And it was like, yeah, like, obviously Dan was like, yeah, go on, tell yeah, take one. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you think, wow, you know, he, he it. sees it as a really good thing, you know, and, and it, yeah, now look at it. Well, know, it's, it's, it, it must fill you with a, a, a sense of enormous pride that virtually every carp angler either has one in their armoury or alternatively has had one, and if they haven't had one, they will buy one at some stage yeah. in the future. Yeah. It's like, it's an every angler yeah, thing, I, isn't it? It's almost like a kind of, so long ago that almost... It's just part of fishing now, and it's just everyone's got one. But I know I'm back at the time people were going, that's the best best thing for years, you know, to sort of come out. But, yeah, I kind of look at it and just think, well, it wasn't anything. It was a great development. Yeah, you know, it yeah. Wasn't it wasn't necessarily an innovation. It. It, yeah, yeah, it was not, yeah, I didn't see it as innovation, but I just saw it as a problem. It was a problem solved. Yes. It made something now that you couldn't work with easy workable. Can you imagine if you'd have had a penny off every single one yeah, that had been yeah. sold because every company does them now, don't they? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, you've you've got the Fox guys there, obviously, Corda yeah, do yeah, it, yeah. Garden ESP, do it, Nash yeah, do it, yeah. ESP do it, Golf yeah, Spirit yeah. do it, everybody does it. Yeah, and I mean, it so, was a couple of years as well. It was kind of left alone just yeah. to, 
you know, and it and it obviously made up a massive amount of their turnover at the time. Oh, it's a uh, bit like us with the um, when we had venture with me and Shoes putting the, uh, the the unhooking mat, the flotation. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's it. We were yeah. left alone for about twelve months. And yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do it as long there as you can. Do it with the Because yeah. really. even yeah. I remember thinking, I can't believe no one else has. Perhaps they think there's some kind of design register on it or something, you know, yeah. and it can't be touched. Isn't it, isn't it interesting, though, how some people see something straight away and some people don't see it? You know, because you, you, you said that Dan didn't quite get the concept of it to begin with. You know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it, it was more because he knew at the time I was fishing over a lot of bait. He knew that yeah. I was doing the whole particle fishing thing. And, and yeah, he's kind of, well, there's a load of bait there and your rig's amongst it. And it's like, yeah, it is, but... It's giving off so much more having that. It's a nice thing. And if, if it is, it might, you know, we, we all know that, you, especially you, doing the underwater stuff, when you're spotting, it's not like yeah. going spreading everywhere. It's yeah. like little dollops, isn't it? Dollops, yeah. Yeah, it's you know, it's dollops. Especially you're probably talking <clears throat> eight foot of water we're fishing in, yeah, eight, yeah. nine foot. Yeah. So it's not deep. So you've got just like, it's, it's pretty tight because it's not long range anyway. But just to have that somewhere amongst that mix gets you that bite so much I, I think anything that makes you a bit more attractive whether it's colour or whether it's flavour or yeah. whether it's an extra bit of food by the side of it yeah. as well and you know I've, I've I've just come back from Poland I said just come back it was it was a while ago I had the absolute session of a lifetime at this lake in Poland a place called Gozlovice yeah. some really really big fish in it um, it's a long way to drive there got there quite late because it's a long way uh, change over time is lunchtime as a result, we didn't start getting the rods out until getting dark. Now, you're allowed boats, you're allowed bait boats. It was like the Spanish Armada yeah, everywhere. Yeah. You can imagine everybody leaving on the Saturday and then everyone turning up, the amount of boat traffic so, on yeah, there. Yeah. My peg, middle of the lake, not a good peg, not a bad peg, just a peg. No boat traffic on it. So as a result, the fish ended up, the the fish ended up there. First thing in the morning... I've had a bite, landed one, £60, by the way. Thank you. Nice. Happy days. Um, But uh, I've seen a couple of fish move in casting range. And I thought, I'm going to chuck a bag on them. And chucked literally just a mesh bag of PVA pellets or or pellets out there over the top. Quick lick of salmon oil. Boshed it over the top. No bait. Caught one. Caught another one. Caught another one. It is such a good way. If the fish are there, you're getting bait in front of them. You're not disturbing them. Amazing. It actually also makes a bit of a different splash. To the lead going yeah, in as well, following. doesn't it? Yeah, because yeah. it's following directly behind your lead. Yeah, so you know it doesn't it doesn't sound like just a bare lead mm. being cast in either. The splash is quite different because you've got the lead splash and then you've yeah, got yeah. the bag splash as well. I think it helps lay your rig out. For me, I put that down as one of the best inventions since the hair rig. You know, there's all sorts of claims out yeah, yeah. about the best gadget since the hair rig. What is it? And for me, it's PVA and 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 that and nuggets make a huge yeah, difference. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, well done. Yeah, I was cheers. I was actually working with Hutchinson at the time when yeah, he got no, that, that's, out. That's why I said you. you uh, were... Yeah, and and I remember ordering some, thinking, yeah, this is going to be great, and thinking that's a pain in the ass to deal with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so binning it, thinking the, oh. the thing is, I hate to waste anything. Yeah, like, I hate to throw anything away, and I can't. I hate to be sort of beaten. If they, yeah, yes. I, I love solving problems. You know, uh, yeah, so I am quite good at working, my, whether it be a bodge or whatever, I'm quite yeah. good at going, well, I oh, know, if you put that in there, that'll do it, and away you go. And uh, it was really one of them. It was like, well, I'm not going to throw it away. There is a way around this. And, yeah, the, the, it was quite a simple solution. It was like, right, so if you don't work with a loose end, you're not going to have a problem. So yeah. let's not work with a loose end. And that yeah. was a bit, wasn't Brilliant. it? Brilliant stuff. Well, thank you for that, Steve. Uh, as well as the PVA, he's bought two gifts in. He said he's got another one yeah, as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing This one's a little this. bit more... <laughs> More personal, Rob. Oh, um, oh, is it? It is, yeah. It's. I was up in my loft. 
and I found this. <laughs> I found Check this. There's a, I mean, you and Crowey then. I mean, that is. We look about twelve. <laughs> we were about twelve. Yeah, you probably were. I mean, that's a long time ago. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know when that was done. I think my mum picked up from a boat sale for me. She yeah, was always yeah, picking. Probably, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean she didn't pay full price? For yeah, yeah, it was probably a pound or so. <laughs> I was probably when you were robbed. Um, but yeah, so I thought wow. I'd bring that in for you. And I've showed some incredible restraint that I didn't get busy with it with Sharpie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had it there a couple of times. I thought, no, I can't do it to Rob. I'll that leave, I'll leave it. Show in, the camera. I'll that. leave it I in mean, the pristine condition it currently is. That is. You've got to show the title as well, there, Steve. Oh, sorry, you know, am I coming it, up? That is the original short session carping <laughs> hit and run film. Myself, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think myself and Rosie followed that up with big hit carping. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, I, it was like. Purely by chance as well. The other day I was up there, I was actually looking for some uh, PS2 games for my, for my youngest boy that yeah, wants yeah. to get back in. And I thought, come across a box of old Brilliant. videos. And I thought, well, look, there you go. When was that? 94, was 95, it? something like that. Yeah. That's got to be the thick end of 30 years ago. That Interesting story about that, actually, that, that we, uh, we, we got asked to make this film. Uh, by a guy called Liam Daly he used to do stuff on yeah, BBC yeah yeah I remember that's and, right uh, yeah 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 he got Bob Nudd doing some so he'd done some few fishing videos yeah, didn't he yeah, yeah he got Nuddy doing some stuff for, for match fishing he got I think Jules did one or two with him as well he said look do you two fancy coming out because we were doing the day ticket waters things at the time and we said uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that was the first ever for it into, into filming Amazing. and that was genuinely purely like I say, the weekend awesome. up there looking for other stuff and come across a box of videos. I'm, I'm going to claim to be like J.R. Hartley because I think I've got the box, but I don't think I've got the tape. Oh, right. So, okay, right. So that, there you go, mate. All you've got to do is get yourself a video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a VHS recorder anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even got a DVD player yeah. anymore. Let no. alone, uh, it's a yeah, real thing of the past, that, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's going to take pride of place in the museum as well. We like that. We like that. We're going to have to get you to sign your PVA mesh as well. Okay, we mate. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you for that. That's right. You're welcome, Absolutely amazing. <laughs> so you've been in the trade for quite a long yep. time. So you're with Corda for how long? Uh, about eight and a half years. Eight and a half years. And that was in the very early years as well. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That was an interesting time. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Working in a cattle shed, smelting leads. And yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, that's that's quite a funny thing on its own, you know, sort of going there and seeing how it was done, how the, you know, yeah. obviously they're all smelting in China now. But um, yeah, watching it actually thinking there would be these big industrial molds and it's like a two-impression mold. Yeah. So you go in and you think, is that it? What, they're making them from a two-impression mold? And then obviously once you understand how it, it all works, you can't work with great big molds because the lead goes off so quick. Yeah. So you have to heat the molds and, and you basically work a two-impression mold, three or four molds at a time, rotating really fast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and, that, and that's basically how you do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had to learn all the jobs to run because I, I went in to run the manufacturing side of it. Yeah. Um, and then sort of went on from there, obviously, into a, obviously a more senior role and also then doing the sort of counts and looking after, looking after accounts and stuff like that as well. So yeah, yeah, I say the, yeah. the whole, it, it, it's the lead thing that, that just blew my blew mind. mind. Yeah, yeah. Exciting time to be around carp fishing, I think. The era that, that, that we've lived through, that sort of coming into it in the late 80s, through to now we've seen such a, a an amazing development you know people i think people complain now about what carp fishing's like uh you can only live when you live but if yeah. you were to ask me when was the best time i think we had it yeah i know i'd, I'd yeah definitely agree with you for me i mean what you said earlier about obviously when 
I started in 86 was my first. Yeah. I'd played a little bit in 85, looking at what's this cartridge, and this looks all right, you know. Yeah, yeah. 86 was the first year I went, right, I'm setting my stall out, I'm going to try, because there was no information there, was no. there? It was like, either you had a mate that done a bit, he knew someone that done this, and he'll tell you this, and this is how you make bait. Yeah. So, fortunately, I'd met a guy, and he was like, right, come to my house, I'll show you how to make boilies, and all that sort of stuff, rather than buy, because you, you could buy Richworth Tooties there. Yes. I don't think there was much other than Richworth Frozen Tooties. do you remember the Purple Pack Yeah, that's right, well. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was like, either a bag of Frozen Richworth, or make your own, and I'd met this guy, and obviously, He'd show me how, you know, this is how you make boilies. And it was like a bit of this, bit of that. You know. And uh, he gave me a recipe and I ended up, I was just ordering all the ingredients for that recipe. I thought, yeah, then in the end you start producing a, pro, a protein mix anyway. And I'm thinking, yeah. why am I buying all these Buy bits to do? It, it, it's, you know, it's the same sort of thing. So, yeah, and, that, and that's really on, on the boilie front. But, yeah, I was going to, the, the, I think the main point there is that you start hearing about these anglers and obviously... The same guy gave me two books to read. One yeah. was uh, Carp Fever and the other was Carp Strikes Back. Yeah. And, I mean, both great books, you know, but the Carp Strikes Back, Hutchie was, was that, that. He was my carp fishing idol, really, from when I read the book. And, I mean, the entertainment value alone, his yes. stories are fantastic. Um, but, yeah, just so knowledgeable. And then going back to Medine, which is, what, 12? Yeah, 12 yeah. years later. Yeah. And Hutchie's there, yeah. you know. And to be fair, you know, obviously yourself, Crowey, yeah. these are all people we know from, like, you know, from from the world of the magazines. And uh, you're like, I mean, there's name like loads of people like Jacko, Lockie. You've got yeah. all these people, and you think, wow, you know, I, I'm fishing a match against. What am I doing here, you know? And uh, and then obviously to then start doing it in the BCACs and fishing against these same people, and now you're chatting with them. They know you, and you know yeah. them, and it's like. And you've yeah. ended up on the Outcast podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's and you the can't, pinnacle. Yeah. And it is. It's like, yeah, no. Tim, obviously, Tim. I yeah. fished next to Tim at um, the Lequay Four by Four. Now there's a legend, mate. I tell you what, yeah, the unbelievable guy. Yeah. The work rate is just relentless. He's still like it. Eighty six day before yesterday. Yeah, it's yeah. His birthday day before yesterday. Eighty six yeah. years old, and he's still going out Cut. to rainbow. <laughs> uh, it's just incredible. Comes back to what you said earlier about. Do you not put the rods back out? Is enough not enough? And yeah, yeah. Tim was walking around. He was fishing the other side of the back bay of, of the old lake on La Quay. So it's like a little point. It's bay. I don't even know how big it is, an acre or so. And you go around the other side. I mean, he'd, he'd have a bike. He'd yeah. be around at three o'clock in the morning. putting back. You know, a lot of people would think, yeah. or they might just put it back out or, you know, but yeah. he was around there. Bay, on it. Non-stop, non-stop. Yeah. I actually loved fishing with, like, next to Tim. It was a real experience, like, you know. So, yeah, even that, I mean, I'd been in the trade, obviously, for a few years in, and I've started to know these guys. And then you're thinking, but, yeah, I think back, I think, we've got Tim there and Lockie in the back bay, like, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm fishing with these guys, and it's like, yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah, uh, yeah it was a, bit, a real nice time. I think um, when, you, when you get to know people, actually, they're just nice blokes. Well, a lot yeah, of the time, the, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't, there was bitchiness, but not, not quite as much. No, no. You know, I, I, I think go. social media is a big thing now that everybody's got a mouthpiece, haven't they? Yeah, so, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a lot different. Uh, uh, yeah, people might bitch behind your, behind your back, and yeah, yeah. but you wouldn't really know about it, perhaps, or too much. Um, but yeah, I think I think that the main thing was you realise these guys are just carp anglers. <laughs> They're just like you. They're no yeah, different yeah. to you. You know, very few of them to me. You never felt like, oh, these people think they're superstar status, if that makes sense. Yeah. There, there, always, there is one or two, but the vast majority of them just, you know, fine. And 
to get compliments sometimes of people like that. I remember doing the NEC and Tim Tim was um I can't remember who's I don't can't remember who's comparing it. But Tim was there. It might have even been Tim. And I sat at the panel with, with yeah. Dan and Frank, and he came up to me at the end and said, you spoke a lot of sense about what you were saying about, I was talking about leaving a marker floating and winding yeah, yeah. it down. Yeah. And, you know, someone said, well, surely you're scaring the fish. And I went, why? They don't know what a marker float is. Yeah. How do you know it's not attracting them with it wafting around? You know, they love poles and sticks. Put a marker yeah, pole yeah, so in banging everywhere, and rubbing in it, it's banging all over some, how do you know? Yeah. It's not affecting my fishing. I've tried it and it works, you know, even if you're, Fishing within a couple of foot of that marker. Yeah. It was because at that the reason I was doing it at that time, because most people think, well, why would you leave a marker floating? It was because, again, fish, it was fishing layer and they'd banned spotting. Yeah. So we went, right, everyone now goes to singles, bags, all that sort of stuff. Not really any bait going in. Obviously, there's loads of fish that's hungry. Yeah. So we thought, right, so how else do we get particle in? And someone had mentioned vitalin about just balls of vitalin. Yeah. So we thought, well, what about using the same particle mix, but just mixing it with violin and making it so just so it held together. So yeah. we could manage to put it out 40 yards, 30 yards. Yeah, yeah. So, right, that, that's the plan. So back then we were obviously putting a marker flow out to be accurate. Um, and then, you know, you'd fish two rods one side, two the other, one each side, whatever you wanted to do, ball out your, your balls. Why just wind your marker down because they're only ever going one way, which is yeah. straight up. Yeah. So you get taken you straight out, just pick it up, and yeah. just play it. And you might you might pick up your marker once possibly, but most of the time you'd you'd yeah, you know, you'd you'd get cool away you'd get away with it and all you'd have to do is rechuck it, you know. So it was um, yeah. Yeah, and that it's it's surprising actually how important accuracy is, you know, when you're getting if if you want a big hitter fish, being accurate, you know, knowing exactly where that spot is is vitally important, is it you know one of the things we do with Team England is when you've got a 72-hour match on, even though you know exactly where your spot is and you might be clipped up to it, actually, every now and again, it's worth popping the marker float out. Yeah, yeah. Just to see, because as your arm gets tired, you might not be sticking quite as far. So it's always worthwhile dropping it back up again. Yeah. It, so you can see, you know, yeah, whether just, you are just, on the Yeah, moment. yeah, very true. I mean, it's, um, you know how much wind affects it. Just wind bows in your line. You know, again, yeah, yeah. that's something you'd, you'd suffer fishing a one because of the big cross crosswinds. On you know, I suppose the average cast on there is probably hundred yards. Anything from about eighty to about one fifteen on there. Yeah, yeah. So it's about hundred yards. Obviously, quite open as you know. So you get those big winds tanking through, especially with braids. You get a big bow in your line, and yeah. you can be quite a way off. So a lot yeah, of time huge. you would have to literally go. Do you know what? Because you've got an island as your mark, you go, right, yeah, half a rod length, I'm going for it, and see what happens. You know, <laughs> and like, go, got away with it. So it's it's surprising how far you can be away. Yeah. And going back to the days of the spots, this is where Spawn was so much better over, over a spot, was that when you'd get there, yeah. especially when we used the Garden Long Rockets quite a while, which because they cast so well, they did cast well, but they're yeah. so slow to empty. Yeah, they drift. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. that. Huge so. Drift. If you, if you, it was quite an eye opener to go. Do you know what? Fling one out, a couple of rod lengths, you know, yeah. where you could see it, and go, wow, that, that's like emptying ten foot off the spot. I, you I know? remember doing a test with the old gardener, the the, the yellow one. Yeah, and I think I did a quarter one as well, actually, because you'd got one at the time that had got um, it had got a sleeve that you could that's, put in it. Yeah, and the problem with those was that when they land and up end, they create a vacuum. So it actually holds all the bait yep. in it. 
So everybody used to, at the time, you'd cast out, let it settle, thinking that it was going to drop out, and then you'd flick it a couple of times, times didn't yeah. you? And, and actually, by the time it's drifted, you cast bang over your spot, you think, yeah, that's on it. You let it drift 10 foot off it, and yeah, then flick yeah. it, and the bait's coming out there. Yeah, yeah. So, is, you know, yeah. again, like you say, the spawn empties at least where it's, where it's landing rather yeah. than... I think whatever you do in fishing, it's always worth trying to replicate that where you can see it. Yes. If that makes So even if it is just in the air, it's just to see, like I say, more spawns it makes, no bang, they're yeah, open, yeah. you know, your bait's in the right spot, but... It, yeah, exactly that. I mean, in the end, it came to like drilling little holes in to try and yeah, stop yeah. that whole vacuum effect. But yeah, you, you'd see that drift for ages, and maybe a couple of bits of hemp or something would come out, and all of a sudden it just go yeah. and empty. Yeah, and you'll go, "Wow, yeah, that's a that's real, real eye opener." Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Well, I think the underwater stuff's obviously done a lot to help that. Yeah, out of course. As well, yeah, you know, yeah. Over the years. Yeah, because you can't replicate everything in the edge, can you? So. No, no, that's right. I think one of the one of the things that I always think about is people replicate in the edge. They'll they'll get the rig. And they just drop it in the edge. And they go, oh, yeah, look at that. And they critically balance the bait down a little bit more. And then drop it down. And they'll just look at it going, cool, that looks ace. And then they'll, they'll think, oh, no, it just needs a little tweak. So they'll just micro-adjust it. And they go, yeah, that's perfect. And then they'll reel it in. They'll leather it out 120 yards out into the pond without it in the clip. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so everything nice that you mess. did in the yeah, edge, yeah. you laid it down the, by hand. Yeah. It's like the difference between a feeder landing and a pole float. You yeah, know, you'd be really accurate with a yeah, pole yeah. float, wouldn't you? But look, let's, let's talk about day-to-day life for Steve yeah. Spurgeon. What Work-wise, you work for Fox now. Yeah. Uh, you're a rep on the road. You're not involved in product development. No. Although you do have a bit of a touch on yeah, that when yeah, things I, come out. Yeah, I still get... Obviously, I still get to see stuff prior to come out. Uh, I still get things to play with. Yes. Uh, not as much as the other boys because they're fishing way more than I am. So I'm still on the consultancy team. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get chucked a bit of brain. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> a few little components. There's and a stuff safe like. bet. Give yeah, me yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's nice. So I'm still involved in that side of things. But on the bigger development products, I mean, don't get me wrong, if I went and saw Scott, you yeah. know, he'd show me something or Sean or whatever yeah, yeah. if I was in the office. I might, you know, I might share an opinion on it or whatever. But, yeah, generally not as involved as I perhaps was once upon a time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the other thing is I'm busy with what I do in the shops. Yeah. Um, yeah, people, I think a lot of people think it's quite an easy gig, but it's not. Well, traffic must be your biggest enemy. Surely, I mean, be, times yeah, are hard yeah. anyway. The, the, you yeah. know, some shops we see a, a, a struggling, bless everybody. Yeah. But um, I, I would think, you know, I spend a lot of time on the road and traffic's murder. Yeah, I've seen your post coming up. Oh, I'm not for a long right. time, but <laughs> stuck on wherever. I've, I've given up doing it now because I think I used to encourage it. Right. So I used to, I used to post, <laughs> like, for those yeah, of you yeah. who don't follow me on social yeah. media, I used to post queue pictures yeah. all the time. Uh, just like a different queue. I always seem to be in a queue. Yeah. Now I've stopped posting them, I don't queue as much. No, I mean, not. I'm quite fortunate. I mean, I travel up and down the A12, which yeah. is renowned. It used to be one of the worst A roads in the country for accidents. But I always seem to be going the other way. Yeah. So I seem to either be going away from it or when I'm coming back, it's the other way. So, but yeah, time to time, yeah, M11 as well. So what's day-to-day like, like on the road then? Talk talk me through sort of your, your normal week because it, we don't hear from reps very often. We, no, you know, no. People, there's people on the outside looking in going, I would love a job in the trade. Yeah, yeah. And there's various different things. Most of the time when they say they want a job in the trade, what they actually want to do is they want to, to be fishing. in front of a camera and go fishing <laughs> yeah. full-time. Yeah. That's what they want to do. But actually there's so many jobs in the trade from packing boxes to, yeah. to I being mean, out if, on the road. If you think about it, I mean, there's loads of guys. The guys I meet in the shop, a lot of them would like to do what I do and yeah. they'd like to be working for, for manufacturers but it's so limited 
opportunities, you know. I've had people like that have lost jobs within shops and gone, has Fox got any jobs? We're in Belgium, you know. Yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, most of it's in Belgium. We've only got accounts, development team, all the CAD, CAD guys. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, there isn't, you know, there isn't, unless you're skilled at something like that or working yeah, yeah. for the media team, there, there isn't. You can't just walk into a job at Fox. Mine's probably the least, what I'd say is the least skilled job. Um, as in, you don't really need any qualifications. The biggest one is just get on with people, yeah, yeah. which I like to think I do, you know, with most people anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lovely job to do. I mean, I'm getting getting old now and it does become hard. You have to be really self-motivated. Yeah. If you're not, you couldn't do this job. If you, if you said to me, you know, at the end of the day, I'm selling fishing tackle to, to retailers. That's what yeah, I'm yeah. doing. My job is to go in, selling fishing tackle, Obviously, and generally look after and make sure that whatever we're doing as a company, they're happy with it and, you know, that they want to trade with us because we are the ones they want to do their business with. Yeah. So that's my ultimate go when I'm going on, going on these visits. Um, but, yeah, it's lovely because you end up with so many friends. You know, there's people now that, you know, I was, I was meant to be tote fishing Sunday. That That's with one of my customers. I was going to say, I bet you get loads of invites to go play. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you get, get invites to obviously go and fish various lakes and stuff like that. Um but to be honest, I don't. I rarely take anyone up on it purely yeah. because I, I do my own fishing. I get quite a few people hint about me taking them fishing, and I think I don't even get. I don't. Yeah, when you're taking me to fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know when I'm going myself. You know, let alone. Yeah. I literally, I don't. It could be. I say, if I'm planning on doing a night from directly from work, if I get stuck in traffic, yeah, I ain't going. Over. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going. Yeah, I have to try and do it another night. I'll have to miss it that week. Um, you know, I'm not going to turn up stupidly late or, or whatever. And yeah, it could be loads of ways. I could turn up, it's just really busy. I don't fancy it. So yeah. I've done that loads of times, you know, and just gone, you know what? I ain't feeling it either. Yeah. And I'll just go. Um, so you can't arrange to go fishing when that's your kind of, I don't know, fishing mentality or whatever you want to call it. It's, um, yeah, you can't. You just can't do it. I don't fish weekends. Yeah. So, because I try, I, I mean, obviously when you're growing up with the family, my boys are old now, you know, obviously yeah. a lot older. Uh, don't live with me, um, so it's me and the wife. But I do actually, like, unlike most people, I actually get on with my wife. <laughs> like a lot of people, not most. Um, no, I actually get on with my wife. So um, yeah, we like to spend time together. Um, what we do is like all manner of things, really. Like, just stuff. Yeah, yeah, just stuff. Life, just stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, just life. Yeah, I mean, um, well, one one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is you you, you have done a little bit in front of camera. Mm. Uh, and and for me, one of the funniest films I think I ever saw <laughs> was Mozza versus. Yeah. When you took on Mozza on that challenge. Now, like I know you, I've known you a yeah, long yeah. time, and and you are what you see there. If there is any opportunity to wind someone up, yeah, I love a practical joke. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, again, the older you get, and the more, I don't know what what's the word. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose it is. You just. You just calm down a little bit, and but when I think back to some of the things over the years that were sort of done, and you think, God, it's, it's back to that someone could have lost an eye sort of scenario. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Then you think, how did no one ever get hurt? Or you know, with well, the initiation ceremony of putting people in bins. Yeah, it was all that that used to happen of things we used to do. Yeah, like cling, cling wrap one of the lads up. This was obviously <laughs> they called cling wrap him up, put him on a barra, wheeled him down to the main road, tipped over. There was a there was another company that used to do like gilding. They had all these like paper shavings. Yeah. 
We like just poured all them over him, chucked a bucket of water over him. God knows what he'll put. Just <laughs> left him with a sign on him, honk, it's my birthday or something like that. It was yeah. his birth. Just left him there. So eventually, turned like, and <laughs> it was gone for about half an hour. And then someone actually came out of a house, moaned at him for the <laughs> mess and released him from the cling film. But it's like, it's, yeah, so, yeah. We did that, to, that would be bullying these days. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm, it? Yeah. It, it that's what bullying, so, we would call it uh, horseplay yeah. at work and bullying. But yeah. yeah, yeah, these days you just can't. You couldn't do anything like that. I mean, I don't think we ever really upset anyone. Um, never hurt anybody. They yeah, were not- <laughs> never. Yeah, never. And it was all done. It was done as a laugh, and it was yeah. like it wasn't. We never like oh, it's that same person all the time. It was like everyone's a target. Everyone's having it. No, no one's. Yeah. No one's getting out of this. Yeah, everyone's yeah. a target. Um, yeah, and it used to be quite interesting if someone then tried to do something back because I. You know, me and Chris back then, obviously, as, as a team, if one tried to, you'd now have both of us, like, yeah, yeah. trying to get, you know, and you'd think most of them then do it once and keep, actually, yeah. yeah it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, just, I'll have to just let it go <laughs> over me. Um, so, yeah, we did, yeah, I used to love a little practical joke. Obviously, with Mozza, there was an opportunity or two there to have a bit of a giggle with him. So, uh, for, for those of you that haven't seen it, I'll, I'll urge you to look it up. It's on YouTube. It's Mozza Versus, and, and Lee Mozza Morris, you will know. Everybody knows him. Uh, he's got a great little series on there where he challenges various different people from the Fox camp to a competition. If he loses, there's a forfeit. Your forfeit for him. Yeah, obviously, it's going to give away if you haven't watched it, but yeah, right. he loses. Yeah, he loses, all right. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, obviously, it was the forfeit for him. You, you can't give it away there, Rob. Um, yeah, I mean, he came up with that, and you can imagine when he said that, I just, he, they, he had a couple of little hints about, yeah. oh, we're in Essex. It's, I mean, you ain't got like a fajazzle kit or something like that. <laughs> you know, no, it's better than that, it's better than that, and all that. And he went, right, whoever loses is going to get the fake tan. I went, mate, I can't. I can't. I've got to go, you know. I've, <laughs> got, to go, I've got to go work. I can't walk around shops with like load of fake tan. Like. And he was like, well, that's the forfeit. You've got to do it. If it happens, you've got to do it. So I was really concerned about it. He was more, I went, well, aren't you bothered if, if I beat you? And he was like, no. And he was going to the, yeah. I think it was the Manchester show. And he was, he was off to do that. And he was like, oh, no, it'd be quite funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. So obviously, he loses. I thought, right, you're getting <laughs> you're it. it. <laughs> you're getting it, mate. So, yeah, I mean, I was laughing it on like emulsion. I was yeah. slapping it all on him and uh, making sure I didn't miss any creases. So, yeah, he really got it. But what was so funny, when he actually saw how bad he was, his first reaction is trying to wash it off. <laughs> you know, it was like, it went from, I'm not bothered, it'll be a laugh to... Oh my God! Like he looked like the genie off Aladdin, you know. Oh, it, it was like just yeah. So, but it was it was the way that you won as well. And and again, without giving the way the game away too much, folks, just just have a look because it is absolutely yeah. hilarious. There, there was a bit in that you didn't see. <laughs> Mozer actually did put up on a piece. I did see that he actually put it up. I can't remember what it was on. One of his diary bits. I was going back obviously a few years now, and uh, yeah, he while we were there, so. We obviously do the swim, the draw for the yeah. swims. It's basically we've decided we're going to fish one swim and split it in half. So we haven't got a lot of water between us. Obviously, we're trying to make it as fair as possible, and so we've we've had this boundary line. So right, okay, so if you get left, you can't get even. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I won. It was the old cast. Can't get giving it away. Cast which was that was entertaining as well. Just having because just bantering him up, trying to put him off or what have you. And it clearly worked. Um, yeah, so obviously I'll get his choice. I'm thinking, I oh know I'm going to be left with a lot less water, but I'm 
I'm sure there's a hole in front of this. It's this side, in, in yeah. the right side. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, thinking that. Because it was in the winter anyway, so we knew it was going to be quite tough fishing. But I was convinced there was this like hotspot hole. So I thought, right, deeper's coming out from this. I wang it way past where it is and like find it. So a few casts, nothing. He's, he's wetting himself, Mozza. It's like, I can't be like 10 foot, 10 foot, 10 foot, 10 foot. And I'm like, ain't no hole here, Cuskin. 10 foot, 10 foot. So in the end, I've given up. So I've decided, I think I've got my marker out and done my own thing and anyway, decided on the spot. So I've left this deeper, because I've been cracking out quite a while, I've left it clipped up. So I thought, oh, I'll get, I don't want to leave it in the clip, but I don't want to cast it back in my swim now. So I've kind of cast up, it's like a corner anyway, I've sort of cast out, done this big looping cast because I want to get quite a bit of the braid off. Not thinking there's a big wind pushing it in the corner and I've suddenly realised my braid's about to loop into this big willow in the corner tree. So all of a sudden, I've quickly tried to wind down. I've just seen it catch the lot right at the top it was. And I'm like, what? Well, it's not coming off. So I flicked it, wound it up, got it all the way to the top. I thought, oh, it'll easy come off. I'll get it to the top, give it the old, I'm on braid anyway. Give it, it's, I know it, it's now wrapped. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to get it down. Eventually, it's gone, snapped. And the deeper's up the tree. So... I've told like, the fishery owner, he went, ah, no problem, I'll come down with saw, we'll get that out. And I went, no, it's up. <laughs> We're not talking in like, <laughs> we are talking 30 <laughs> foot up the tree, mate. And it's like, it's come over and he went, how would you get out of there? And I went, oh, big bone, look, look, it's up now. So I went, can't get that. So I think it was the the next day, we, yeah. I'm like, I can't leave it up there. So we've got a grappling marker, put some like heavy braid on, on my spot rod, like about 50 metres or whatever. Standing there, there's like a little tiny, like if you can imagine, there's like a gap between two branches. It's hanging down there. And think if you get it in there, you might be able to hook up and, and get it. And it was like, I don't know how many casts, I had about a dozen casts come close. And you had to be careful as well that you want, obviously, hang, you're going to hang that up. So if it looked like I was going to go too deep, you had to took my bolt here or whatever. Uh, eventually, Mozza actually got it. I mean, it was like I say, that's a good cast then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the yeah. gap was, you're talking probably like that, but about that. Uh, and it, eventually, I mean, yeah, yeah, not, you could see it was going, yeah, yeah, it's got it, and we got it down. But um, yeah, he took great, great okay. pleasure in ripping that out of me oh, for okay. that one. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, the whole thing was, like I say, fishing was hard. Uh, but yeah, what a laugh. Yeah, what a laugh. Yeah. Fantastic. So do you do you miss the competitive side of things? Because obviously you've been out of it for a while. You fish yep. for England? Yep. So you were hugely competitive in the in the BCAC. You were competitive with England. You've dropped out of it. You you've got your head back up for a bit of a knock up with Mozza. Do you miss it or do you? Yeah, what, it's what a bit different think? with Mozza because it's just one on one. And yes and no. Um, I've I had quite a few sort of invites to come back and do it again from like our part. And, and to be fair, some really good anglers that if anything they'd be carrying me yeah. these days. And I think that's it. I just think. You see the likes of obviously fishing against Billy and Jamie again, yeah. another great pair, you know, brilliant pair. And we were fishing obviously considerably older than they are. And you just feel like you're coming to the end of of your keenness for it. Yes. I'm still competitive. I, I, you know, I think much competitive never goes out of no. nature, does no. it? Never. You know, it's like Christmas. If the bold game's coming out of Christmas, <laughs> no one wants to pair up with it. If it's, no one wants me because they know if in any way they let me down as a as a team, yeah. I don't stop going on about it, you know, so no one really wants to pair up with me on that when it comes to stuff like that, but yeah, so I'm still hugely competitive, um, but it's that, look, 
I had my time. Yeah. I had a go at it. Loved it when I'd done it. Um, saw so many. In the early days, it, it was like, it was serious, but not a serious, if that makes sense. It was very serious. People wanted to qualify, but I don't know, I just felt that perhaps you had a... It was a, a different few, vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, very much a different vibe. It wasn't as, yeah, it was a lot, you know, a lot friendlier. Like I say, a lot of big names obviously fishing it back yeah. then. And in a lot of ways, it wasn't really their kind of fishing. Whereas, obviously for me, I'd come from these like fishing runs and waters for like bites. I loved it. I loved, yeah, you know, yeah. I loved the sound of a take, you know. Yeah. So, and it was like, how many more can I catch? You know, I want to catch more than they caught over there. And it, yeah. yeah, kept competitive nature, innit? Um, so, in some ways, that's, yeah, that well, it is still there. It's but, funny, Laney, Chili, Terry, Nick Hellier, um, you know, just names that fish a British carp chaps, yeah, you, yeah. Wouldn't, you wouldn't associate no, them, would you? No, you not know, really. You know, no, no. You know, Terry Hearn and the British carp Yeah, chaps, yeah. Would you well, te- Terry, yeah. What, it was with... Um, Mark Redding in the first year. Of yeah, the year, yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 First, yeah. Another good memory. Look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely smashed it with zigs and yeah, surface yeah. fishing down the far end. Yeah. Um, yeah, you would never... And I don't, mean, I don't even know if Terry went back in it after that. I, I don't know. I, I don't he, think it... Just not... I don't. I don't think he did. I no. think he did it for that first year because they were, like, like everybody wanted to be a yeah, part of it the yeah. first year. And I think a lot of people just thought, Do you know what? It's not for me. Yeah. I just like my own fishing. I loved it. I thought it was great. Like you say, it was a really good vibe. You know, there's so many things you think about. Even going back, not the beast hasty, but I think it was Medine the second year when Rob Tuff appeared on the balcony. Oh God, yeah. yeah you know, just yeah, things yeah. like that. You you, were not, yeah. you wouldn't say that. <laughs> you know, there's a. Uh, there was some sort of madman about back then and yeah, uh, yeah. sort of fishing in it. But, yeah, it, it it was just, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed that competitive. You know, we we done well at it. It suited my style of fishing if you've got the right venue. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you so, fish abroad much now? No, not at all, really. No. Um, it's an odd one. It's, um, oh, and I was trying to work out the last time I actually had a week abroad was... The Quay 4x4. Was it? Wow. That's I've done long, long weekends. I've done long weekends to Holland, Belgium, uh, France, uh, even Spain when we've yeah, yeah. done the Ebro. Canaries. Yeah. You know, all those little sort of trips, long weekends. Um, to be fair, I know it comes back to a little bit, I love fishing for the, just carp over here. Yeah. Um, and because I'm limited for time, I can't just try and focus it on that. Um yeah, I, I mean, they had a social last year, Fox. I couldn't go for, for personal reasons, but I would have gone on that. That was to France, that was to that farm lake, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would have gone because it's a social, because it's all the lads and it, it would have been a good laugh. Um, yeah. and, it, and they did have a good laugh and caught some good fish. Yeah. But I'd still rather fish over, over here, you know. Um, yeah, it's just, just yeah. But don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean I wouldn't fish abroad at all anymore because, yeah, I've always enjoyed my trips, but I love Belgium. I love, I mean, there's loads of people going out there now. We've done a road yeah. trip. I don't know how many years ago. It must be about seven, eight years ago now. Lewis Porter, Dave Moncaster, yeah. Christy Kirk in Belgium and, and JB from France and sort of met up, done a, again, it was only a short, it was like, yeah, Great yeah. fun though. Oh, I loved Great it. Fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's lovely. I like, I like looking at social media now, seeing what people are doing. It's really interesting how people are, are, are inventing and pioneering things yeah, that yeah. were invented and pioneered. Yeah, yeah. That's what's so funny. <laughs> all, years all of a sudden, like, it's like the, it's the cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but when you see the fish out there, they're not the biggest in the world, but yeah. that's that. It's what they look like, you know. There's so many nice carp out there. I think the scenery as well. There was there was one guy, I think he was a... I'm, I'm pretty sure he was either a German or a Belgian fox guy that used to catch some amazing carp. They were quite big as well. Yeah, yeah. From a railway siding. Do you remember who that was? There was loads of... I, I don't... I think it was one of Christopher Clerk's 
pulse. Right. It was he was be. within that circle right. somewhere. But just amazing these these fish. But you've got a rusty railway engine behind you. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, that would have been round. That would have been very near to Ostend, I think. That is. Yeah. It's just, not the it's not the normal Ostend bit. But there's there's loads of little bits yeah. around there. Just isn't there? The, you know the photographs are just completely different. Yeah. So yeah. you know I I was. Um, fishing a lake in Essex not so long ago and obviously you've got a lot of spuds around here at the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. and the spud crates are out in the field and I've had a photograph with a 20 pounder with the spud crates yeah. behind me and I'm really shuffling yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like well, well look at that <laughs> well funny enough when we'd done that road trip we'd done a canal in Bruges yeah. uh, we'd done two nights on a park lake fishing where we shouldn't really have been fishing but anyway so I was like, but anyway done two yeah. nights on a park lake and a night on the Oste- on the actual Ostend Canal, where, where again you've seen sort of loads of stuff over the over the years, and I remember we'd had, depending on what the others had caught, um, depending on where you were going to get along this little yeah. bit of canal. So look, that's a better bit. So yeah. if you'd struggled already, like then go yeah, in there. The I ended up. I mean, I ended up really well. I ended up with a, an end swim. I ended up at the end of everyone. So I've kind of. I don't think I'd even fish the canal. Well, apart from doing the one in Broach, I don't yeah. fish the canal. And um, obviously, it's quite industrial there, isn't it? And yeah, um, yeah I've got the rods out and I've walked down to Lewis and even that. I've done the same with Broach as well, funny enough. Like, it was a lucky trip for me, I've got to be honest. And I'm talk- talking to Lewis and he went, Mate, your alarm's going. I haven't got my sleeve on because it's yeah. like, anyway, hey, he went, That's your alarm going. And it is. So I've gone down, played this fish, and it was, um, from memory, it's 23, 24 pounds. It's a mirror. Yeah, yeah. Chris de Klerk was like, it's a mirror, you know, that would have stopped by the VVK, and, you know, he was like blowing yeah, away, he was going, don't realise how special that is and yeah. what have you, so, and the first thing to do was like, behind, or looking across the canal to the other side, you got all the, there was like a big industrial crane thing, yeah. and it was like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah have a picture that, that's going to be the, yeah, well, that is your backdrop and all that, you know, so, you know, and it is, it's funny, it was like, I was well pleased with that, like I yeah. say, so it was a 23, 24 pound, but it was like, yeah, it's a mirror from the Ostend Canal and I've got the industrial machinery yeah, in the background. Proper funky background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so it's it's cool, isn't it? For, for me, I think now, having having been round the track and done the full circle, it's where you are and who you're with. Yeah, uh, yeah, And they're definitely. the key drivers for me. And, you know, it, whether whether it's a double or whether it's a 60. Yeah. You know, yeah. obviously you like the big ones, but actually the company and the place is, is yeah. so important. Yeah, so yeah. because when I think to some, because I'd say I'm a relatively unsociable angler. Yeah. Again, comes I'd back, say you're really unsociable. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably agree with you. Right? <laughs> but again, it comes back to quick overnighters yeah, yeah. or short. It's called short overnighters, <laughs> yeah. as they're now named. Yeah. Um, yeah, it comes back to that that you don't really have a great deal of time. I do fish with another mate, uh, not so much this year, but I've done in previous years. But generally, I'm I'm more than happy just to fish on my own. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, time like I say, time is end. In some ways, you're not competing with anyone. You know, if you go yeah. with your mate, you've got someone in next door, guaranteed. Well, all the good anglers, all, all, I would say all the good anglers, I, I would say all the good anglers really are selfish loners. If yeah, you look at the ones that, that, that can, <laughs> because if we sit in the same swim and we've got the swim choice right, I'm yeah. halving my chances yeah, of yeah. a good angler next door to me. I feel terrible now because the mate yeah. I do go with me, he'll always share his swim with me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel quite bad. And, uh, yeah, and, I, and, and you'll and make I've, his fish. I've done well off the yeah, back yeah. of it, uh, of him yeah. doing that. Like, he has helped me out a lot, so fair play to him. But, yeah, like I say, you know, if you went back the last, I don't know, probably 10 years or prior to that, if you went back to, say, 10 years pre, pre-COVID, I'd probably... Count on like one hand. Yeah. Apart from trips, what I'd call trips, I'll just fish on my own. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm like I say, I'm happy on my own. Perhaps if I was doing 
five days, I'd be a little bit different. I'd be a little bit, oh, I need someone to talk to, but... So so you're talking all day and you haven't stopped just talking since it. you've been in yeah, here. Exactly. So really oh, yeah. I'm a bit of peace and quiet, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the only people that I've met that talks more than me. <laughs> Welcome Sorry, to mate. the Steve's Virgin Podcast. Sorry, Sorry mate. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah and that, that's really how I am. But when I think back to some of the best, the best fishing experiences, they have been with other people, yeah. you know, and... When you do have a really good, you know, you have a special capture, it is nice. It's nice to actually share it with someone rather than, because most of my photos are just doing my own. I don't go and get anyone. I just do self-takes. I'll never go, even if there's some next door, I'll just do self-takes. I don't disturb anyone or anything like that. Um, Yeah, so, but like I say, those trips, that Belgian road trip, that'll stick in my memory. If you could, if you could go anywhere, let me. We, we, we're going to have to cut fairly yeah, sorry, soon now. Mate. We've yeah, nearly yeah. done our hour. No, don't apologise. Yeah. It's been lovely nice. hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. but I have a magic wand. Yeah, and you have one wish. It can be to change something, to do something, or to go somewhere. Your choice in carp fishing with the magic wand. What would you do, or where would you go, or what would you change? Well, couldn't you have asked me that before? <laughs> Yeah, no, well, if I ask you before, you'll prime it up. So, you know, you can do anything, go anywhere or, uh, uh, you know, it might be catch a 150 pound carp. It might be, you know, there are no limits. It could be any, anything at all. What Uh, what would you do? I suppose if you, if I think it was always going to be fishing related, not so much I'll change anything. It'd probably be what would I do? Because I'm like, say, comes back to selfish bit. So what would I do? Where would I go? I don't know. I've never done, I've not done the Thailand thing and i do yeah. fancy that is something that that's there on the kind of bucket list to do same time as well i'd like to do i'd like to do the keys or something like that yeah, yeah. but i'd also like to not so much do the boats i'd like to go and catch a shark off a beach yeah sounds, namibia no not even the, if if you look you know what's in the play uh pensacola in florida right yeah yeah like that area yeah. there i mean the sharks they catch off the beach yeah, amazing yeah and you know, and they're not far out, and it's yeah. like that, that. That looks like a good spot, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah, it's just different to going out in a boat, doing it off the shore, like proper tug of war. And yeah, yeah I'd fancy a bit of that. Yeah. So it'd be it'd be something along those lines. So there's a few fishing things, but there's no. Oh, I'd like to go to Rainbow or anything like. People go, oh, I can't believe you've never been to Rainbow, and I go. One, I feel you need two weeks. Yeah. Well, one, you've got to obviously be part of it anyway. So it's not like I'm talking and oh yeah, I can go to Rainbow because I can't. Yeah. You know, if I, if I wanted to, but it's like I couldn't do two weeks. Yeah. I genuinely couldn't do no, two. No. I couldn't no. go to I'm my wife. You. Oh, by the way, I'm going on holiday for two weeks. You're not getting on holiday this year. I just couldn't yeah. do it. It's just and it's just a long time for me. And that's not knocking anyone that does in any way, shape, or form. You know, obviously, four days is a lovely long session. Yeah, yeah. Like if I say, you can t- break four days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say three or four is nice. Twenty, twenty. Like I say, forty-eight for me is, is now these days is like, well, I've had a right old session. I've done forty-eight yeah. hours, like you know. Yeah. So, yeah, there there isn't anywhere where I'd go. Oh, like, I'd love to fish there in the UK, or I'd love to have a ticket for there. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is loads of places I yeah. would, but they're not. You know. Yeah, well, yeah. Two and a half grand a ticket, you can't justify quick overnighters. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you have to so. put everything in perspective, and yeah. So you're going shark fishing to Pensacola. Yeah, that's basically it. I'm coming yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going to come along in. those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, look, Steve, we've run out of time. 
Thank you ever so much for coming in. It has been an absolute pleasure listening to you for the last hour. <laughs> Thanks for inviting <laughs> me, Rob. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah. Once you get me going, there's no stopping yeah, me. No, absolutely brilliant stuff. And uh, a little bit of an eye into the world of uh, a product that everybody has in their tackle box as well. Thank you ever so much for listening and watching. You know what to do. Like, follow, do all those bits and bobs. And from me here in the main chair at the Outcast, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Remember to follow us on social media for updates and information on future guests. See you next time.